you said something so important and I wish more people would say what you just said, which is because you realize how much is going on at home and what it takes to run that and run it well. And there are a lot of people who look at that home, that whole home situation as that's just easy. And, you know, Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting more. What's important is being grateful for what you do have. And I mean truly grateful for what you have, all your knowledge, your health, the relationships in your life, and yes, even the resources that you've acquired and earned at this point in your life. Now, even though the title of today's episode is How Do Successful Entrepreneur Couples Do It? We're not just talking about entrepreneur couples. We're talking about couples in general and how to be abundant in your thoughts and actions in order to make the relationship the best that it can possibly be. Now, chances are you're in a relationship, and I'm absolutely positive you are going to get something out of this conversation, and you know others are going to get something out of this conversation as well. So when you're done with the conversation, when you're done with this episode, be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance, sharing this episode with others so they too can start their journey of living a life of true abundance. And specifically for you business owners out there, keep in mind, if you don't know it already, I have another podcast called Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. It is only on episode eight right now, and it is already downloaded in five different countries. Now, I don't know if the strategies and everything that I'm talking about in those episodes at Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery, I don't know if those strategies will work in all of those other countries, but they're digging it and they're listening to it. They're downloading it. They are sharing it. So go to Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. Find it on your favorite podcast player. Check it out. And those episodes are really only about 15 or 20 minutes. I have one that's over an hour. That one is so long because it's a specific topic that clearly explains why everything you know about marketing at this point is completely wrong. But every single episode has a specific or several strategies that you can implement in your business that day to set yourself apart from your competition or to even joint venture with your competition. Because in at least one example that I share, the marketing was so good that the business owner actually had to hire four other competitors in her area in order to keep up with the demand. That just gives you an idea of the power of the strategies that I'm sharing at Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. And that, my friend, is a good problem to have. Now, our featured guest today is an amazing couple, Drs. Ellen Bader and Peter Pearson. For more than 30 years, they have specialized in helping couples transform their relationships. In 1984, Ellen and Pete co-founded the Couples Institute 
where they have since worked closely with entrepreneurial couples throughout Silicon Valley, including CEOs, startup founders, and small business owners, helping them better understand and overcome the unique challenges of managing a business and marriage simultaneously and successfully. Recently, Ellen and Pete have been working specifically with couples who are building online businesses in information and internet marketing. In a climate of rapid innovation, where even a small slice of market share can be worth billions, these clients are on the firing line every day. From 36 years as married partners, 34 of those years spent working with couples and building their business, Ellen and Pete have seen it all. And in today's conversation, we're going to talk about a few of those things that they've seen and experienced. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Ellen Bader and Peter Pearson. Ellen and Peter, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you doing? Terrific. Great. Good to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you two here. Um, Interview Valet introduced us. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, what a great team over there. I'm so excited to be working with them. They always send me some amazing people to talk to. And when, and when I saw your bio and, and all the stuff that you two have going on, it was a perfect fit to have this conversation. As you know, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. You already said you started out with an attitude of gratitude. So let's hear it. What do you have to be grateful for today? Well, first of all, <laughs> the most fundamental of all is that we made the connection on time with a good connection. So you got to be grateful for the little things as well as the big things. Absolutely. And I got to I got to come right out and admit that I was getting a little slightly frustrated here because I usually as you know this is a new platform that I'm using and I went to log on and my computer had reset so all my automatic passwords, you know when you open up something it just opens up and I couldn't find the darn password. I didn't even know what email I used to set this up. So I was frantically looking for it. And that's why I jumped on a minute or two after after the hour that we were getting started here. So, you know, I read your bio and, ta- you know, all that's, you know, the professional stuff that you two are doing. But here at Men of Abundance, we like to get behind the abundance of the of the guest, the, the man of abundance, the woman of abundance. We like to get a little bit more personal. So if you would, take a few minutes and just describe yourself. Uh, sure. So I am, well, a psychologist by training, but I am a person who likes to do things to make a difference in the world whenever I can. And so I tend to be a person who does a lot of volunteer work and have been involved in uh, recently in building schools in Africa and in refugee areas, and then bringing counseling into these schools for the first time to help kids who've been traumatized. So that is one of the things that's behind the scenes about me. Wonderful. Well, one of the things behind us is we've been married since 1982 and working together uh, as well as being married together posed a lot of challenges. And so we stumbled our way through deliberately, unconsciously and stumble along the way. And out of that experience of specializing with couples, we finally decided let's start looking at entrepreneurs whose spouse is involved in some way in their business so that we can help them avoid a whole lot of the pitfalls that we had to go through. So it's really combining what we have learned about ourselves and what we've learned about working literally with thousands of couples in Silicon Valley. 
Yeah, I can imagine the need in that for sure. I mean, one, being married as long as you have been, that is absolutely amazing. I love that. And then two, working together. I mean, I I, I know couples that have tried to work together and it just doesn't work out uh, for various reasons. Uh, And I'm assuming that if they had the opportunity to sit down with a couple like yourself, if they really wanted to make it work and have that conversation, then you would have at least given them some tools to make it a little bit easier. And we'll get into some of those tools in just a minute. But I know that over the course of time, especially spending so much time together and working together, there may have been a few kick in the gut moments. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, everybody but us, Wally, everybody but us had those. Of course, of course. Let's, let, let's make let's make one or two up. Um, <laughs> so, if you would, either collectively or even individually, uh, I would like. To, you know what? Let's do this individually. I'd like to hear your kick in the gut moments because I know there's two different perspectives there. So, if you would, go ahead and share that. Really make us feel that. Okay. Well, so I'll share one of them. This was back many years ago now, but um, Pete and I ran couples workshops together as part of the business. And after one of the workshops where we really disagreed on how to do certain things, Pete said to me, I don't really like what you say or how you say it. Other than that, you're doing great, Ellen. Let's just say that that led to about a year of discussion about what we were going to do, how we were going to do it. So a little bit of tension to live through there as we figured some things out. Actually, that's the same thing that I had in mind was the, the big challenge for me. Ellen and I were like two parents arguing over how to raise the kids. I thought Ellen was too easy, too soft. And I said, Ellen, you can't change people by nurturing them into um, a greater level of uh, accomplishment. And she would say, well, you can't beat the snot out of them and hope they're going to expect to change that approach. And so <laughs> we were really colliding. And it really was like two parents who were saying, you're too easy on the kid. And the other one saying, you're too strict. So what was the, what was the solution? Where'd you come in the middle? Uh, <laughs> this is great. We, we, <laughs> we had to plan these workshops over a year ahead because it would be like, two-day and five-day workshops. And <clears throat> we hit a place where we had the workshop coming up and we still couldn't agree on how to structure it. And finally, Ellen said to me, okay, i tell you what, I will do it your way. And, and I had two immediate reactions. One was enormous relief. And the second was, darn, what if my way sucks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we do these retreats for couples, we bring along other therapists to act as associates and assistants. And during the week, they were saying to Ellen, Ellen, you're not you're not yourself. What's going on? And Ellen did not throw me under the bus. She just said, we're trying something new this week to see how it works. Halfway through the week, I said to Ellen, how do you think it's going? Ellen said, you don't want to know. And I said, well, I'm really curious on a scale of one to 10, how well do you think it's going? She said, I'd give it about a two or a three. She said, what would you give it, Pete? I said, about an eight. And we were at the same workshop. <laughs> <When> <laughs> What's your take over? on it, Ellen? What? 
What's your take on it? Um, well, my take on it really is that we have different desires ourselves about what we wanted from the workshop. So we had restructured it into a two day and a three day and Pete wanted lots of couples and there were lots of couples there and there was lots of great education. And I like doing the deeper work with a smaller group of couples. So um, out of this whole experience, we ended up with a new model for our workshops. But as Pete said, it wasn't easy going through it because we had a really different perception. And when the workshop was over, Ellen said to me, which I don't know if I could have said if I'd been in her shoes, she said, all right, I really like your model. I, I, it's much better than I thought it was going to be. And I had, again, two different reactions. One was enormous gratitude and relief for her willing to say that. And my second attitude surprised me, which was, Ellen, tell me again what you would have done. And that then I could listen much more open-mindedly. Uh, but it's like she broke the, she broke the, um, the, the gridlock by saying, I will do it your way and let's see what happens. So in working with other couples that are working together in a business, uh, for instance, what are you finding is a common theme that needs to be worked out? Um, I'll give you a couple of them, but uh, one of the most common themes is uh, who's in control and who's in charge and who's in charge in what areas, because that often, and it's, and it can be very different at home than at work. And people don't take the time often to define that. And probably the other biggest theme is the work takes over our lives and there's no time for us or there's no time for romance. There's no time to be a couple. That's really interesting because I find the same to be true in many businesses where there's partners, maybe not the part at home per se, because I'm not really getting too much into that as, as far as the partners are concerned, but a lot of businesses get started and they don't have a, a fine tuned definition of who's the COO, who's the CFO, who's the marketing, you know, um, executive. You got it. And, while there's only two people in the business, there's somebody's got to be holding those positions, but they're all kind of juggling it around individually and then balls are dropping all over the place and they're pointing fingers at each other. That's pretty common in business in general. But then you take that home and it's a whole another dynamic where you two really specialize in as well. So how does how does how do they take that home and what are you doing with them to help them through that? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. What we have found is that many um, of the same skills that successful entrepreneurs already have or they're doing or they're honing, many of those skills also apply to their marriage and will strengthen their marriage as well. And so in a sense, when we've identified six really key skills, and in a sense, these skills aren't it's not that the entrepreneur has to learn something new. It's that they have to apply this knowledge and practice it on the home front with their spouse. When they do that, then they're able to strengthen both their marriage and their work team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I mean, 
I've said many times myself, and I know it to, it to be true. I've been, my wife and I have been married 26 years, and I had been gone a lot of that because I was active duty and I was deployed all the time. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the structure of the home, it's a full on business. It's got all the entities of a business and then some. Right? No business can hold a, hold a candle to all the activities that go on in the house 24 7. You know, with one with one executive at home, you know, <laughs> let alone two, you know, that, that are fully engaged. Because there's some there's some homes that there's one there's two executives at, at home, but only one of them's fully engaged. The other one's coming home, whichever, coming home from work, sitting on the couch watching the game or the soap mm-hmm. opera or whatever the case may be. You said something so important, and I wish more people would say what you just said, which is because you realize how much is going on at home and what it takes to run that and run it well. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who look at that home, that whole home situation as that's just easy. And, you know, rather than looking at it, your workday never ends when you're the executive at home. Yeah, I mean, it is easy if you not, you know, doing the laundry and putting the dishes away and sweeping up after the animals and the kids and everything else. If you're just coming in and out, you know, no big deal. But if you're, like you said, if you're running it well, not even great, (laughs) just if you're running it well, then it's a lot of work and it's constant. It's nonstop, especially when you got the little ones at home. As the kids get older, it's a little bit easier. But, you know, the the employees become a little bit more self-sustaining, you know. But, you know, it, it's it's extremely uh, difficult work and it's nonstop. Well, see, you're actually introducing one of the skills <clears throat> by what you're saying, Wally, which is this. Um if you have a business and you tend to ignore, don't appreciate your best customers, and the only time that you connect with them is when you want to sell them something more, over time, what happens to the best customers you have? Oh, they go away. They go away. So what? if you are a successful entrepreneur, you keep looking for ways to serve your customer better. You look for ways to acknowledge them, appreciate them, and keep an open dialogue communication. Let's apply that same acknowledgement and appreciation dynamic to the marriage around the home front. One of the things that we have couples start with when we start working with them is what we call the daily double, which is once or twice a day. Find a way to express to your spouse what you love, value, appreciate, and respect about them and find whatever it takes. You can do it verbally. You can do it by sending them a text, a card, a flower, wash their car, put gas in their car, do a chore for them that they ordinarily have on their own plate. But every day, find a way to express your appreciation, love, or respect. Because one of the things that happens in the day-to-day grind on the home front is that we stop expressing that appreciation. But if you do that every day, for at least 21 consecutive days, you start building in a habit, ha- the attitude of, this is what I really appreciate about my spouse. It's a way of building that into your marriage, the attitude of gratitude toward your spouse, because you have to be conscious of it and express it. Uh, and that builds a foundation which can uh, act as kind of a cushion when you have disagreements, because you know there's a bigger picture here. 
Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've done for years, I've really done this for a very long time is I keep a journal and I don't have it here with me right now. Um, my wife's actually got it in her drawer and I'll go snatch it every once in a while and I'll just write through it for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, every single day, I'll just put something in it that I cherish about her, that I love about her and I'll write it down and then I'll give it to her sometimes on her birthday, sometimes just randomly. I'll just put it somewhere where she can find it. And I put dates to it so she'll know that I added some stuff to it. And she, her words, is the best gift I've ever given her. Now, I learned that from another book, I think The Slight Edge or one of those books years ago. And it does something for me too. It's not just for her. Because what I see is I'll, I'll have conversations with, you know, my guy friends and stuff like that. And I don't associate too many with a lot of guys that have the terminology and the verbiage of, you know, my ball and chain or, you know, my old lady or, uh, you know, you know, I hate when, you know, they just start talking stuff, uh, guy stuff about their wife. And I'm like, dude, not cool. You know, if it's somebody I know really well, I'd like pull them aside. Not cool, dude. You know, let's not have that conversation right now about what you did in bed in the bedroom with your wife. You know, last night. That's disrespectful. But it's or I may even think something. Man, I can't stand when that woman does that. You know, instead, I'm going to write down and find something that I cherish about her, and it builds our relationship, even within myself. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know what's cool about your description, what you do, is that she knows that you are thinking about her when you're not together. Mm -hmm. She knows that you're thinking about her when you're not together, and she knows you're thinking what you appreciate and value about her when you're not together. And that is so powerful uh, that I know <clears throat> that he's thinking about me and he cares about me and we're not together. It's not just when we're together, it's when we're also apart. That's one of the ways that it makes it so powerful, what you described. Wonderful. What are your thoughts on that, Ellen? Um, you know, I love, I, I mean, I love what you're doing. I actually love it. And I think that there's so many ways that couples can appreciate each other. Or one of the things that Pete and I have done for years is on our anniversary, we go out for dinner and we keep a scroll of all the things that we value and appreciate that have gone on over that year and that we've each contributed to in different ways. And then we can look back on all the different anniversaries over many, many years to see what each of us was doing that contributed to, you know, a positive year. That's amazing. I love that. And it's, you know, it truly is the little things. And that's what's so amazing about this this abundant journey that I'm on is and when I realized it four years ago, it truly is the little things, but it's hard for the man brain. And I'll speak for self. I was a provider. I wanted to, I wanted more for my family. I wanted more money. I wanted more opportunities. I wanted just, you know, not necessarily more stuff, but just more opportunities to do things and, and stuff like that. But I wasn't doing those things. For many, many years, I was always trying to chase after that extra income, that extra money that, you know, to live this life of freedom that everybody dreams about and few ever actually obtain. In the meantime, missing out on everything into their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, and then they perish. And the family never got to spend those little quality times with each other. So it's neat that, that you guys do that and then you can reflect back on that. What are some other... Uh, tools 
that you guys use and, and share with couples that help them in the home front as well as in the business? So one of my favorite tools that we teach couples and that it like it works so well that when people start using it, they see a difference right away, which is um, we, we teach them there's really, whenever you have a decision to make, there's three different types of decisions. Uh, one is you can agree that somebody gets to make it unilaterally. Uh, the second type is equilateral. So those you agree, okay, the two of us are going to make it together and we're going to hang in there until we get a decision that we both agree with and both feel good about. And equilateral decisions often have more conflict up front, but a lot of buy-in later. It's 50-50? Yeah, 50-50. And then a third type, which is really, really great for people to use, is a 51-49. And a 51-49 means... Um, let's say I have the 51. So it means that I know ahead of time that I'm going to get to make the decision, but I'm going to solicit Pete's input a lot. So the 49 is I really want to know how you feel about it, how you, what you want. Um, a typical example that people use 5149 is on things like um, remodeling at home, for example. Mm. But I was, what's wonderful about the three types of decisions is you can use that really flexibly. So uh, I was working with a couple just a couple of weeks ago and they had been fighting. They, they run a business together and they've been fighting for years over what time they started in the morning and what time their employees started in the morning. And the reason they'd been fighting for years is that she was the one that would schedule the crew. They would did some construction work and they, she was the one who would schedule the crew. And then, but he was the leader of the crew and he would take the crew out and do the work. And so they ended up after working, using the decisions, they ended up with um, giving her the unilateral control to schedule them on the first day. And then after that, he had unilateral control over what time they started and would get the job done and take the crew out. And so all of a sudden they both went, wow, you know, we just solved something that's taken years to solve. And it's not so much the content, it's that it's the process of knowing how those decisions are going to get made. Simple little strategies that people just don't think about that make a huge impact. Well, sometimes it's a blinding flash of the obvious, but that mm -hmm. takes a while to get there. Uh, <clears throat> to really unpack things, which is why we like to do sometimes just do a two-day intensive with the couple, where really then you can just keep peeling back the layers until you get to those nuggets that have been hidden or obscured. Uh, and then that's when the breakthroughs start to occur. I was thinking also a lot about, we focus a lot on helping couples strengthen their relationship at home and work as a team. And you're probably familiar with the acronym TEAM, T-E-A-M, Together Everyone Accomplishes More, which mm -hmm. I really, really like. And there's a line from a poem by Rudyard Kipling that really, it's about wolves, that really captures the interdependence between the individual and the group or the individual and the team. When Kipling said, for the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. And once you start getting how interdependent the group is on the individual and vice versa, you can begin thinking like a team. 
and uh, I, I like the the slogan for a lot of the special forces in the military or even other branches of the military where they say, uh, I will never leave a fallen comrade. And you know that they have your back and you have their back. And how does that really translate to a marriage? And I'll give you an extreme example of what it means that we are a team and we are in this together. In, in 1903, Pierre Curry, Madame Curry's husband, was contacted by the Nobel uh, Prize Committee saying to Pierre, you have won the Nobel Prize. And he said, well, I assume you're also giving this prize to my wife because she was such an important, valuable contributor. And they said, no, this just goes to you. He wrote back to the Nobel Committee and said, if you do not include my wife and give her a prize as well, then I respectfully decline mm. your, your offer. The committee budged and gave her the Nobel Prize along with him. She became the first woman to get a Nobel Prize, and later on she won it in a different area by herself. But that's, I think that's such a powerful example of, I have your back, we are a team, we're in this together, and I'm not gonna sell you out for my own ego. Wow, that's extremely powerful. I did not know that story, and my wife's gonna be excited to hear it if she doesn't know it already. Usually, <laughs> usually when I bring up stuff like that, mom's like, Pfft. Yeah, I knew that. She'll finish the story for me. I'm like, dang, man, thanks for sharing. <laughs> she reads much more than I do. That's why. So that's awesome, man. I absolutely love it. And we could go on this conversation forever because I absolutely love helping business owners because part of my mission is to bring families back together through getting these businesses profitable and getting the business owner to stop working so much in the business and more on the business so that they can do what they planned on doing is having a little bit more freedom. So love, love this conversation, but we got to move on. We are at the point where we're going to pay it forward. I'm going to ask a few uh, specific questions and uh, you ready to do that to pay it forward? Sure. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today in regard to couples working together and even working together in business. So, you know, it's, it's, pretty common for people to fight or to get into conflict. And if you could just adopt a one-liner when you say something negative about your partner, and that is to say, and what do you think, dear? And all of a sudden that changes the bit of the dynamic of I'm complaining about you, but I'm actually open to what your input is. So it opens up uh, a much easier conversation in charged moments. Tip number two, and if you use this tip, you can change <clears throat> a whole lot of difficult conversations in a hurry and we'll come across both of you as highly skilled communicators. Here's what I mean. If you're about to have a touchy topic subject discussion, if each of you will first take a moment and write down on an index card or a sheet of paper, Here's how I aspire to be in this discussion. For example, to have a good discussion, I aspire to be patient, understanding, curious, open-minded, uh, non-defensive, uh, clear expression of what I want without attacking, 
write down how you aspire to be. And each of you do that. In this discussion, here's how I aspire to be. And then on the other side of the card, put down, and here's why I would aspire to be that way. When you have both a target, when you're reaching for your higher self, your better angel, and a reason for going there, and then keep looking at the card when you're having the discussion to keep you focused and centered, you can start having a lot of better discussions really fast if you do those things. Wow, that sounds very powerful. You have a third one? Sure, I'll give you a third one. Own up to what you do when you're at your worst. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I had a guy the other day who uh, we did a little exercise to get clear what they do when they're at their worst. And he turned to his wife and he said, you know, I can be stubborn. I can be really, really stubborn. And she looked at it with these big eyes and she said, in my whole life, I never, ever thought you would admit that. <laughs> it's, it's a big relief when people will admit, and we all have stuff we do when we're at our worst. And a parallel example of that is I was working with a couple and I was asking them to say, okay, like what Ellen said, when you're at your worst, what do you do? She said, well, I badger him. In fact, I just badger him into submission. <laughs> <laughs> and for him to hear her say that, the relief was enormous. Yeah, it is. It is so relieving when you rebuild and, and actually say it out loud. You know it yourself. But when you say it out loud, it's super freeing, really freeing. Absolutely. So what would you recommend some rituals that would make that, that make a huge impact in people's lives in your lives as well? But when you're talking with couples, what are some rituals that make big impacts in their relationship and in business? Well, I'll tell you one that makes a big impact and it sounds so simple. Um, and it, it sounds like the common date night thing that you hear, but it's not exactly that. It's um, having a time in the week that you spend together, not talking about kids, not talking about problems. And that whatever that time is, even if it's 20 minutes over coffee, um, both of you agree to show up for that time and be present and neither person has to ask for it. So mm -hmm. that there's a reliable time in the week that is couple time. And again, no talking about problems, no talking about business, no talking about kids. It's just whatever you want to do, you, you know, you can hang out and you start developing an ability to share hobbies or interests or, but it takes people a while to actually show up and be present and and have it. I mean, find the time in the week and busy schedules that actually works to do that. So that's one ritual that I highly recommend. And I see a difference all the time in couples' lives when they start doing it. Excellent. Excellent. You have one to share, Pete? Uh, I, actually, I would go back to what we talked about earlier in the form of a ritual. And I hadn't thought about it like this. Make a commitment to every day. Look for something you appreciate in your spouse and express it. Uh, and turn that into a habit or even a ritual that you know. Uh, and then get really creative about how you do it. Find out the love language of your partner and then just keep doing it. Too many people follow the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, that if you get lucky and your spouse has the same love language, then you're fortunate. But a lot of people, they keep doing for their partner what they hope their partner would do for them. It doesn't work and then they both feel frustrated. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that leads right into my next question, which is you two have a couple of books out already. One of them is a textbook. I'd love for you to mention those, but also uh, you just ref referenced the five love languages, I'm assuming, uh, by love languages. I love that, love that book. But what are some other books that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders to read or listen to? Um, well, 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 our book that is for uh, the public is a book called Tell Me No Lies, How to Face the Truth and Build a Loving Marriage. And that particular book, um, you know, I'm obviously being self-serving by talking about it, but... Uh, That's what you're here for. Uh, it's, <laughs> what, I, what I find is that um, couples get two big things out of that book. One is um, some stuff in the later chapters about how to tell the truth with compassion. Um, and then something in the earlier part, chapter three of the book, we talk about a concept called the lie invitee, which is actually, we sometimes we inadvertently uh, train our partners to lie to us or to not be forthcoming or not tell the truth. We don't even realize that we're doing it. And so there's a whole series of things about how we do that. And then so, you know, so often people are frustrated because their partners are not direct or honest or aren't sharing their feelings, but they're not looking at what's the interpersonal dynamic that uh, starts training them not to. So real quick, Ellen, how does that look? How do, how do, uh, how do I invite a lie or my spouse or partner to lie to me? Um, so one of the most common ways, there are more, but one of the most common ways is, um, you start to say something, you start to tell your truth and your partner interrupts you and says something back like, well, how do you think that makes me feel? Mm. And that dynamic, if it's repeated very often, uh, encourages you to stop speaking up. Um, right. It's common, you know, for uh, somebody to pout a lot or go into a victim kind of position when they hear things they don't want to hear. And it's a real, um, we call it emotional muscle building process to learn how to hear something that may be difficult for you to hear and still stay present with your partner or your spouse or. No, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for that clarification. Pete? Uh, two books I would recommend. <clears throat> One is called High Altitude Leadership. It's what uh, people can learn about. Uh, the author is Chris Warner, and he has led over 150 expeditions up Mount Everest, K2, etc. And it's what can you learn when you take on these really extreme challenges about teamwork? And he does a lot of consulting with corporations too to apply this. It's a really good book, High Altitude Leadership. The other one is a little bit different which is called The Artist's Way. Uh, and it's by Julia Cameron. It's full of exercises, insights about the human condition, how we sabotage ourselves, uh, how we can break through from our past conditioning. Tremendous book. I think it's had like 100 printings. Uh, it's just The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. So if you're looking for a lot of exercises and insights, into uh, the human mind and relationships. That's powerful. Yeah, I like that. I like I like exercises. It's, um, 
it really drives home the point. What do you feel holds most couples back from living their best life and living their life of abundance? Uh, our brains. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, in a nutshell. Any other yeah. questions? <laughs> yeah, elaborate, please. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I believe as humans, uh, we're wired for survival and for, unfortunately, often for self-protection. And so it's just so common that what something that I do triggers Pete, something that he does triggers me. And then we go into our normal self-protective coping mechanisms. And when couples are being self-protective with each other, they're shut down. And the same is true for business partners. They're they're shut down, they start to project negative thoughts into the situation or negative motivations. And it all starts with just a really very quick brain response of danger, danger. And then you start doing the self-protection, which usually doesn't lead you to be open, to be abundant, to be uh, you know, really looking at uh, the situation differently. I think James, yeah, thanks for laying that out. James Baldwin, the writer, said, and I think he summarized the challenge of human growth in a, in a statement brilliantly. He said, nothing is more desirable than to be released from an affliction of emotional pain, whatever it is. Nothing is more desirable than to be released of an affliction and nothing is more terrifying than to be divested of our crutch. Mm. Yeah, very deep. That's powerful, you know. That is super powerful. We do not want to give up our coping mechanisms, even though we want to be released from our afflictions. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it's kind of like a, a speaker standing behind a podium. It's it's almost a shield. Yes, that's a, that's not a bad analogy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So. What does being a man and a woman of abundance, what does that mean to you? Oh, gosh. I mean, that's a deep question, too. Yeah. That means so many things. Wow. Uh, you know, um, it means giving when it's not convenient. I'll make it simple. It means being able to give and extend yourself in loving ways, even when your selfish self-interest would rather do something else. I think yeah. it means really creating a team with your spouse. And by a couple team, I mean, it's the right people with the right skills, collaborating on a common objective or mission. Uh, and to do that, it's like getting your values in alignment with each other, your, your higher values in alignment, um, capitalizing on your different skills uh, and interests. Uh, so it's, 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 for me, it's about teamwork your values and your mission individually have to align. Right. Right. But then when you add in a couple dynamic. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> it's multiplying what 10 times. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, right. What couldn't go wrong? That's a shorter, that's a shorter list. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you too. And before I let you go, please share with us anything that we did not talk about already uh, that you'd love for a men of abundance to get out of our conversation today. Um, well, 
actually what I'd love for people to do is go read a special blueprint that we wrote for our listeners, which is uh, lays out pretty clearly the six skills that we believe it makes takes to make a difference. And we give examples in there from some wonderful couple stories of things that other couples have done. And so uh, your folks can get that by going to couplesinstitute.com forward slash uh, abundance, I believe. I hope that's right. Um, Men of abundance? It's just abundance. Okay. Forward slash abundance. Uh, and like I said, it's if your listeners want to download it, there's also a, a handout on how couples specifically can negotiate better with each other. So those are our gifts to your listeners. Well, I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, I just checked out the site and it's absolutely beautiful. I was already on your site, couplesinstitute.com, checking out your bios and everything you have there. Beautiful site. And thank you very much for setting up this particular page for our listeners. Guys, all of you go there and check it out. And just, you know, I'm always telling you, find out more information, get educated and get outside your head. This is a great way to do that. You two are absolutely amazing. I truly appreciate what you're doing in the couple space as well as in, in the entrepreneur space. There's such a huge need for it out there. Uh, and you have added to my toolbox and I'm going to get into more stuff that you guys are doing as well so that I can capitalize on all that as well and share what I learned. And I'll give you guys credit from everything that I learned from you, of course. Well, hey, it's been a delight to meet you. Yeah, well, this has been great. And I ditto the the appreciation back to you for what you're doing and contributing uh, to the world and men of abundance and, you know, just fulfilling your mission. And I think it's pretty darn cool. We need a lot of that on this planet. We need amazing male role models. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You two go out, live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward. I really love what you're doing. It's making a huge difference. Thank you. Thank you. Man, that was a fun conversation. And if you stuck around to the end, I'm sure you got a lot out of it as well. Whether you're an entrepreneurial couple or a couple looking to put a fire underneath your relationship and take it to the next level, I feel this is a great place to start. What I recommend you do next and your action step for today is to go to couplesinstitute.com slash abundance. Watch the short video, get the free guide, and if you're up to it, sign up to get more information because it may just be what you need to take your relationship to the next level. Now, go out and live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.